Hello, we are the Sonoma Community Center podcast, a place of creativity, connection, and community. We highlight the artists, teachers, and the community that come through the doors of our historic brick building, often called the heart of Sonoma. We share local tips and shout outs to our home, Sonoma Valley. And we are your host, Molly Spencer. Gerardo Diaz. We are the engagement team of the Sonoma Community Center. <laughs> well, here we are. It's already December. Can you believe that? I know, I know. I, I mean, I can. My kids are already asking for surprise and prices and gifts. It's, it's amazing. How the, those kids don't forget about Christmas. No, they don't. My daughter actually hit me up the day after Halloween. Oh, wow. Too soon. She woke me up <laughs> and she said, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So today uh, we are recording, we're coming up here and we're going to kind of catch you up on things going. If you hear come on, background music, that's because this place is bustling. The Sonoma Community Center has their annual winter art market and it's happening right now. Things are being loaded in, all kinds of local, handmade, beautiful goods, many made here right at the center through the ceramics department, as well as fiber arts. You name it, come on out, folks, because this is the place. This is the place where it's happening. Yeah, yeah. I can see a lot of people today. I mean, it's my first year in this event, so I'm really happy to see all these crowd, you know, people just coming in, bringing in their stuff, you know. I know. It's pretty cool. Today's the exciting day. Yeah, yeah. A few things too. The Winter Art Market, actually, if you catch this podcast, I feel like by the time you hear about this, it's actually going to be <laughs> after the Winter Art Market. Just know that all these artists are local and you can find them. They are on Instagram. You can also find our guests coming up here, Margaret Hatcher. We'll launch a little bit more into that in a minute. So the Winter Art Market happens every year. So if you don't make it, make it a destination. And I'm going to give a shout out as the Winter Art Market is happening right now and we're setting up, if you also catch this, which it will still be going on in the theater, the Andrews Hall has Sonoma Arts Live is the residential theater group. And I have to give them a shout out that they are bringing back Always Patsy Klein, which opens tonight and will be happening until December 18th. Fantastic play. I've seen this before. The sets are amazing. The singing's amazing. The acting's amazing. And the story is beyond. So check out Sonoma Arts Live at their website. And real quick too, I want to talk about Posada that's coming up. Oh yeah, yeah. So we're going to have a Posada Kids Coop News. Sonoma Community Center is collaborating with Kids Coops. Kids Coops <laughs> News. Your, My your- wife is going to be like, you can pronounce Kids Coop News. Looks you like work you might need thing. to catch yeah. up on your Kids Coop News. <laughs> 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 now, yeah, so we are having a posada on the 18th, it'll be on a Sunday. I think it's going to be from 5 to 7, and we're going to have gifts for the kids. So please come and join. Also, we are also looking for people to donate toys for the oh, kids. Oh, that's so, always needed every yes. year. So if you have a good toy, just bring it down to the Sonoma Community Center. We're going to have a little basket for them. So. What date is the Posada on? It'll be the 18th. Okay. So it'll be a Sunday. Excellent. And we're going to have like tamales and all these great goodies. So come in and and all these activities. So it'll be great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Did you do this last year? Uh, We did. We had over 200 people. 
showed up. So it was pretty wow. nice. Yeah, I was actually Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is like, we don't have a Santa Claus. You're it. I'm like, what? So you can imagine, like, that thing was short because that costume was made for a small person. <laughs> They're going to get me next year. <laughs> I'm like, I'm more like the Grinch, you know? Yep. Give me a Grinch costume and I'll play that really well. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I know. I have a an over-the-top Mother Ginger costume from many of my Miss Molly recitals. And my mom helped me build this. And if nobody knows, but in the Nutcracker, the original ballet, it was always usually a man on stilts and many dancers hopped underneath that skirt and popped out and danced. So I thought it would be a good idea to let four-year-olds jump out from the <laughs> skirt. I've done it every year since. There's a, There's been a couple of hanger-oners, you know, but anyway, I, that Mother Ginger costume has not seen anyone in a couple of years. Oh, you know, I'm dying to bring time. it out one it's of these time. days. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, so speaking of that, over-the-top costume makers, we have today is Margaret Hatcher, creative genius. I know she's already getting shy over there. She is the founder of one of the, our, well, one of the best fundraisers here, which is Trash and Fashion Sonoma. It's our largest, wildest, most creative fundraiser. And I'm going to give this right before I introduce you, Margaret. I'm going to put a save the date. This is premiere. I haven't even announced this on uh, social media yet, but Trash and Fashion is coming back next year, 2023. Save the date. Save the date is actually on Earth Day at April 22nd. So we'll be doing it that day. And we'll also be bringing in our little other creative things that you came up with, Margaret, that don't seem to go away because people love them so much. It's Trash and Fashion Barbie's gallery and auction, as well as Dogs on the Catwalk and the Trash Bash. So we are here to celebrate sustainable, creative living in April. So save the date back in April, 2023. Start collecting everything because that's the time you need to really go for it. Okay, so Margaret, I have you here. And Margaret Hatcher basically started, what year was it? You know, I don't quite remember. It was either uh, 2008 or nine. I was here for 10 years. So then I was here through 2018 or 19. I'm, I'm vague on I it. I know. Yeah. I just actually had to look it up last night. Every year I have to do this, but I think it's our 13th year yeah, um, in 2023. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah. so you're a costume designer and an artist above all, and your relationship is pretty special to the community center. As you said, you're a special projects manager for many years. Yeah, I started kind of managing the classes and uh, the community center was quite a bit different back then. <laughs> a, a little sleepier place, a little struggling more. Mm-hmm. And part of my job was to come up with ideas for fundraisers. And years ago, I had seen a, a fashion show in San Francisco where it wasn't a recycled materials, but artists were using them. And I don't know, at some point, the museum, our local Sonoma Valley Museum of Art, had an exhibit uh, called Eco Chic that uh, put a spotlight on what the fashion industry, the effect that it has on the planet. And that's still a heavy topic to this day. Which was like an eye-opening thing for me. I really didn't know 
And so we wanted to do something in conjunction with that. So I thought, oh, I always want to do a fashion show. I thought it was a one-off one year we would do it. But oh, no. I really have to just hand it to the artists who show up. They are the ones that make this a success that goes on and on. Yeah. So, Margaret, when you said that uh, Sonoma Community was a little bit more sleepy back when you were working, is it like a big change now? Do you see yeah. a big difference? Oh, yeah. There were rooms where nothing was happening in them. Mm-hmm. And, now we're fighting for space. And, <laughs> and the people who worked there, we couldn't quite understand why that was. And it has just grown and is kind of the vision that... Uh, Uh, we thought it should be way back when. Yeah, yeah I feel yeah. fortunate. I remember coming at that time, definitely during the community center days, and it was kind of, I feel like it's gone through lulls over the mm-hmm. decades. But yes, there'd be certain things happening, but there'd be rooms that <laughs> maybe... It was hard weren't. to get new classes started. Yeah. You know, 20 years, 15 years ago, Sonoma was yeah, different yeah. too. The, yes. the funding whole, too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was hard Funding to get was money. hard and the funding that we could get had went into the building. Over yes. the time I was here, the building has metamorphosized. The kitchen was a long, dingy hallway. Oh, really? No They way. opened it up to include the dining room. That was another oh, okay. classroom. The front garden was ratty looking grass. But, yeah. you know, not appealing, no benches, no garden. Wow. There was no secret garden. It was just an empty thing. <laughs> Maybe it was secret. Nobody found it yet, and, you know? And, um, <laughs> I have to do a yet. shout out to Kathy Sweat. Under yes. her watch, this place was transformed. She got money for Andrew's Hall to be redone, the kitchen. The walls were crumbling and peeling. It's yes, really a... It's very nice. I can attest to that. I know Kathy Sweat as well, and she Mm -hmm. was the executive director here. Actually, twice. I think she had two tenures. And there's an excellent book that's out that you can find, I think, on Amazon, really. And it's a Sonoma Community Center book that was written probably about 10 years ago. We still have copies, but it takes you through the whole story of the Sonoma Grammar School, its inception into the Sonoma Community Center, and going forward, probably on up to when you were here, really. Mm-hmm. So that story continues to be written, and we're actually having a celebration in January, our 70th birthday. So looking for mementos, and that will be up for exhibit then. And and created and curated by Michael Acker, who's a local historian as well. That'll be fun. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So besides trash and fashion, going all the way back, rewind. The beginning. My, my own sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> rewind button. <laughs> where were you born? And where did you I'm grow up? I'm a California girl, born in Modesto, but uh-huh. spent really no time there. My parents immediately moved up to Calaveras County where my dad was the county vet. So I had a real rural upbringing way out in the boonies, lots of animals around. Do you have siblings? One sister who's older. So she was a teenager at this time that I was running around. So I was really kind of an only child who did have to entertain herself. I remember drawing a lot, no TV, You know, so yeah, I'd, I imagine that was part of what became of now. Using my imagination, I suppose. Yeah, you don't think about it, but yeah, it could be. You are also very immersed as a fiber artist as well. You had the fiber department. You actually really brought that to the forefront. What was it like when you were young? Did you like, did you have family that 
taught you how to sew? Did you start that kind of? My mother, I think, taught me a little bit, but I really, it started in junior high when there used to be home economics. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's <laughs> and, when I first started taking it. You know, you took sewing and you learned to cook. The cooking was hilarious, what you had to do in uh, four, <laughs> 45 minutes. You had to cook it, sit down, bake it, and sit down and eat it, clean up. You know, that what, was crazy. But the what sewing did you guys part, actually cook? Because we were just talking about that in our last <laughs> podcast about here, at least like in the 80s and the 90s, our cooking teacher was... Oh man, it was like French bread pizza and fried cheese balls. It wasn't really Uh, legit food. I remember strawberry shortcake. That was probably something you could pull off another time. Lasagna was another one that was easy to prep. Anyway, they had sewing, and I was good making things with my hands. and And I remember putting in a zipper for the first time. I go, yeah, I got it. And everybody around me just hated that cloud. They couldn't wait to get out of it. And I felt empowered that I could sew my own clothes. I was at a oh, point in cool. my life that I wanted to express myself that way. And yeah, so started with sewing and. I think later on I dabbled in batik and embroidery and macrame was popular oh. the first time around and it's all that. It's still popular in my heart. <laughs> it really did come back a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, so, you know um, in school where my kids go, they ask, all my kids, they know how to knit. And so they teach yeah. them how to do that. So yeah. my kid is like, hey, you want a sweater? I'm like, no, I don't want a sweater. Because I like this. <laughs> yeah. We're going to all the time. No, I'm like, great. Like, I, yeah. I recently learned how to knit. Wow. Yeah, so I'm yeah. still working on a sweater. I learned how to knit when I lived in New York City in 1999, and then some. It still has no sleeves. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> how well, many years has it been? Oh my god! I was like 11, I think. Uh, no, nah, all right, I was like spring 14. chicken. <laughs> so that kind of led. I know you spent time studying abroad in Bolivia, Peru, and San Miguel. Um, Well, in Bolivia, I was 13. I was living with my parents and my dad was working there. And so it was quite interesting experience to go from Southern California to this very unique country with a large indigenous population and this old, old cultures and I have to say, I didn't want to go. It's was well, not 13. a cool thing. I'm 13. Yeah. Daddy, why do we have to go there? You know. Little did you know, it's going in your bio for the rest of your yeah, life. Yeah, <laughs> but it, no, I was there a couple of days and loved it. You just have to make a friend. And then it was an interesting adventure. You know, Yamas walked down the street in front of our house. and Were they spitting down? Like, <laughs> yeah, they spit. And so it changed me. It gave me a worldview that my little life was, you know, yeah. just a little life. Life and the, the world's a big place with a yeah. lot of people in it. So then we came back. As we were living in Southern California at the time. And then for my senior year of high school, my dad got another job working in Lima, Peru. Oh. And this time I wanted to go because I knew it would be an adventure. It really was. I was older and could travel around the country with my friends and Wow. Had a lot of great adventures. So I wasn't studying art per se, although I'm sure I took art classes, but it definitely is something that has affected the rest of my life. Then after that, then I was kind of hesitant to come back to the Southern California because I love the adventure. I begged my parents to let me go live in San Miguel de Allende for six months. And I lived with a Mexican family 
and studied at the Instituto Allende and then it was definitely all kinds of fiber <laughs> so, art and ceramics. And you mean you're everything. bilingual? Uh, I, you master that language? I did not master it, but I can understand quite a bit of it. I'm sorry that I didn't try harder to be really conversational in Spanish. It was handed to me on a plate and uh, but my friends spoke English. It was just so much easier not to. You know? yeah, and it's yeah, it's yeah. a shame. Shame on me. But it's <laughs> we're not shaming anybody. No, no, no shame no, here. Uh, I'm, it's I'm never too late down to learn because we're actually, you know, I've been asking for the Spanish class here for yeah. many, many oh, years. Well, well, we, oh, yeah. we got like a month, and we have a conversational Spanish teacher that came in. Well, it's really over my head, so you guys understand a lot more than me. But I'm willing to give it the effort. I'm, I'm going to work on my directions. Actually, this yeah, this yeah. weekend. Anytime, Super important. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, Just yeah. Well, maybe I'll do that. I'll get conversational. Yeah. yeah. On my bucket list. Yeah. She suggested we listen to podcasts or shows for children and stuff. And I figured that's probably where the Just level don't watch I am. Dora the Exploradora. You <laughs> no, know, like, no, no, no. <laughs> you'll be talking like her. Okay, come now. You know? <laughs> no, no, no. I had to watch that a lot when, the, when my daughter was little. <laughs> backpack, backpack. <laughs> anyway. Art school, you were mostly into printmaking and photography. And then what led you down the path of costuming and who were you costuming for? Yeah, you know, art school's great. It's a wonderful place to be. Then they weren't really talking much about what you're going to do next. And, you know, <laughs> so moved up to Southern California and was, you know, had odd jobs. But a friend of mine, said, well, hey, I'm, I'm working on a musical and they might need some help. I think they're going to do some roller skating cacti. I thought, <laughs> oh, sure, sign me up. I'll help, you know. <laughs> and, roller uh, skating cacti. How do you, oh, my God. Sounds like an amazing And so I went to a meeting and they were discussing, you know, the look of it. And, and then I went to another meeting. And then by the third meeting, there were no other people doing costumes. It was like, <laughs> hey, you. you're still here. I guess you're doing it. You know? I feel like that's how you get bamboozled into those sort of things and is it starts off with a big, good idea. And next thing you know, you're all like, all right, I'm writing the show. I'm doing the costumes. I'm directing. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, yeah, total immersive. No money at all. I was living in Berkeley. All this took place in San Francisco. So lots of driving back and forth and... I was in way over my head. The cactus cut, they were like the most <laughs> insignificant part of the show. They were all, they were miners and prairie women and <laughs> railroad men. It was kind of a surreal Western musical. And anyway, I somehow got through it. And looking at what I had done with the lights and moving and the audience and the spectacle, I just went, wow, this, yeah. this is something that I got to do again. Or you know, Do you see the challenge in just coming from dance background, how completely accommodating to dressing a dancer as opposed to like an actor or oh, just yeah. a runway show? Yeah. Um, and our day before they had these wonderful like undergarments that you would put underneath of your unitard or whatever that were skin color, we always use tea to dye the different colors that we needed to match our costumes. 
and just manipulating like pantyhose and that kind of stuff. I'm sure that you know all about that, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. My experience working with dancers is they dance like they want to wreck it. That, yeah. that, that, I mean, I'm, they've... Um, they tell you do, to. do a lot of um, <laughs> dance improvisation where they're slithering all over each other or they're just dancing full out like they want to rip it they want it to come off and <laughs> and so fighting that inertia of their actions but at the same time keeping it comfortable they got to be able to do whatever they have to do and not hurt themselves and so yeah it's it's challenging a lot of the things i do if you know my work aren't they don't look comfortable. They're not practical. No. They aren't really meant to be worn. So sometimes I'm at odds at, for what the dancers need. I love it though. It's really, sometimes it is about the costume. The costume has made not just dance in the past, but it has made many dance. Martha Graham just in a tube. I'm sure everybody's mm-hmm. familiar with that, you know? So sometimes it is about the costume. And I, I marvel when I see ballet pieces where they've got it's not just tutus but they're really yeah. doing interesting things and or they look like street clothes I know they're not because they yeah. have to dance in them I marvel at that construction because keeping the body able to do everything that they have to do and have it look like clothes that's a design challenge right there I mean just clothing in general you remember at least growing up in the 70s how like when I was a child and maybe even more so everything was real stiff. You know, yep. I go and get vintage like dresses or wool things and they're still like have their, their stiffness, you know? I think so. those other material was meant to last. Yeah. Not like right now, like I buy a pair of uh, jeans three weeks later, yeah. there's a, there's a rip in the back. For some reason, I always get that rip like uh, my right pocket. You might as well wear a, trash and fashion out. I know. But, and then I tell my wife, my wife's like, are you going to wear that? I'm like, well, people buy like $150 jeans with, with rips, rips on them. I'm like, why not? He's like, yeah, but yours is in your behind, buddy. Yours is in your behind. Okay. <laughs> Wrong spot. <Yeah. laughs> That's and wool, you know, wool is really, isn't that the most sustainable fabric in all the I world? So, I yeah. watched something on that, the late night Netflix. And, the, and I thought the it was sheeps cool. are just growing it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, talk about, and they can do so much these days with a sustainable fabric. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I did talk to uh, Josh and I, I told him about my problem. He's like, well, think about this way. You either want a really stiff jeans or you want your flexible jeans. You know, now they make them really like stretchy, you know, the jeans. So yeah. they're nice and stretchy. They're not like really hard anymore. <laughs> so he's like, what do you want? Stiff jeans or really, really, you know, elastic, stretchy jeans. I'm like. You got a point, man. <laughs> I guess I keep the stretchy ones. Oh, that man. That means I just I eat more. That's all. I, it's true. I think that's uh, <laughs> especially <laughs> especially since COVID. <laughs> you know? <laughs> all right. It can't be avoided. Well, Go ahead. Just to finish that thought. Yeah. So, yeah, segue right into trash. And when you do something for a runway show, it's understood that you're presenting art. We're not. It's wearable art. Nobody's is introducing their fall line here. It's really <laughs> um, an opportunity to showcase. And it's sculpture. It's it's yes. a public art sculpture. So, theater, Margaret, yeah, that, yeah. so that's what it is. So I always see all these like runway shows. And they got all these like bizarre, you know, like costumes on them. And right. I go, who's buying this? Who's going to wear this like to a gala or something? But now you're telling me it's just 
Those showy things mm-hmm. are to get attention for that designer. Oftentimes, if it looks unwearable, yeah, no one is going to. Yeah. It's for the show. It's for the show. But the designer will take elements of that and distill it down into something wearable. Well, I had to do a little little research on you because I'm new here at the Sonoma Uh Community Center, so I was asking people. I asked Josh, (laughs) and Josh is like, she's super nice. I work with her. And I'm like, all right, Josh, that doesn't help, man. I need more, man. I went on the internet, and you had an interview with the Sonoma Index Tribune, I think. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it? Keep you yeah. right up yeah, yeah, yeah. there. And then it. I saw some of your pictures there, some of your designs. And I think I saw one there was like with lights. It was like a custom. That was last year, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it? It was beautiful. I, I thought it was great. I'm like, where did they hook it up though? I was uh, like, you know, thinking. Lighting. Yeah, I didn't do it this year, but I'll do it next year. I'm kind of adding to them. Oh, so the, the Sonoma wow. Plaza does an annual tree lighting yeah. that happens at the end of November. And last year, in typical fashion, Margaret showed up. showed up with her three models who had full-on costumes that were all lit and usually yeah, work on Yeah, they're fairy lights, so yeah. they're all battery packs. Oh, they're nice, just, nice. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say... Those photos ended up <laughs> everywhere. Visitors Bureau, went everybody's viral, like, yeah. went viral. So, And that's no, not the nice. first time. Yeah. You, you have from the past, before even Trash and Fashion, you did a lot of costuming and you have actually a website, Margaret mm-hmm. Hatcher. Will you say it again? Because I think M- I have it. Hatcher, mhatchercostumes.com. Because yeah. when you put in Margaret Hatcher, of course, you're... <laughs> Can you, you get, get the Iron Lady? You get Margaret Thatcher masks. <laughs> there are costumes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, it's a problem for me sometimes. I know, but, but I, also I, good. I just <laughs> see some of your work, though. It was uh, nice. It was yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you just had a show and a calendar. So I, I produced a calendar. Mm-hmm. It's going to be for sale here at yeah. the show that you're probably going to miss. But, but yeah. there's just a few. Just a few left. They've been uh, for sale at Reader's. And I'm selling out. It's been great. It was a limited run, but I'm self-published. And, yeah. and uh, so you I'm also happy have cards, like holiday cards. Holiday cards are available, yes. And it's hard to talk about this on the airwaves because really visually everything is so stunning. Your work is like over the top. I'm looking actually right behind you. There's a Christmas. I think that's from the Christmas Follies here of a woman in a green Christmas tree outfit. And I can't even tell you this is is avant-garde. Well, that's Miss December from the calendar. That's right. I did see that. Yeah, You do have uh, St. Patrick's too. I saw that I have a leprechaun. And yeah. I like the one I saw. It's pretty nice. The fall leaves. Fall leaves. Yeah. I just took every month and distilled it down and what, well, and that came about from in between costumes for theater. I felt like, well, I have these ideas no one's going to ask me to do. What can I do just for my own project? And so I thought, oh, well, I don't know. It just kind of came. Have you always been like that? Like you need something to constantly be creating and working on? And And with costume, when you're working in theater, you're trying to help somebody else's vision. Like, okay, what does this person, this director, producer, what, what do they want me to do? And I, my ego bubbles up. We go, well, what do I want to do? What do I, and so uh, it was a, just an opportunity to create my own project that I could take my time with, you know, and it ended up taking, you know, decades because I started them a long time ago. And then finally 
this was the year I just said, okay, let's get this printed up into a calendar. That's so, amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have to say a little side distraction because if anyone is in the area, San Francisco right now at the Legion of Honor has Guapai, which is an amazing designer over the top. So I went and saw this show a couple of months. I, I think it's still continuing into 2020. Is, did no, they extend it again? I don't. They extended it from November, but maybe oh, it's good. only till the end of this year. And no, don't miss it. No, don't <laughs> miss it. I actually wanted to take a field trip. If anybody was thinking about trash and fashion for the first time, this is a place to go get inspired. <laughs> Margaret, I have to say, when I was there, oh my God, every time <laughs> I look at her shapes and her yeah. bamboo frames and that sort of things, I think that of bamboo, you. The gold uh-huh. bamboo dress. She yes. just has a bigger budget than me. That's oh, yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. More helpers. Did you hear, actually, Guapai? So definitely look it up, folks, and go yeah. see it in San Francisco. And I recommend taking the tour because you really get an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. I heard, because it was all set up during COVID, that she sent these intricate directions. Did you hear that? No. It, it no. took basically like, one particular piece would take hundreds and hundreds of hours. And she had these completely intricate directions because she wasn't there to help mm-hmm. set them up, you know? So yeah. it's, so trash and fashion Sonoma <laughs> is not that hard, but I recommend anybody go see that outside of looking yeah. for Margaret Hatcher right now, which I know you're Googling because you have to. <laughs> so starting trash and fashion back in the day, 13 years ago and coming up with the budget and then actually you came back in many different ways. Also, when after the Sonoma Community Center, you came back as a judge. Yeah. You yeah. came back as a participant. I bought a ticket last year and sat oh. down. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> that was that I the first that time. Too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you need to step away and let it. it yeah, it, I that mean, was it's, good. Yeah. You know, it's kind of taken a life of its own. Yeah. What's your perspective from all this? Because I know it's a lot behind the it's scenes. It's a lot. It's yeah. really, it's real funny. Well, the first year we were in Andrews Hall. Yes. And we built. Uh, People keep trying to bring it back a, to Andrews Hall. I'm all too big. No way. <laughs> Jack Lundgrenville built a, a um, catwalk out and we somehow crammed 160 chairs in there. <laughs> no and way. I'm pretty sure the, <laughs> the fire now. department would have shut no. us down. I mean, it, it, like was just, it was just like that. What's the first look you created at the first show besides putting Personally, it together? Yeah. I didn't have uh, the, yeah, oh, it's oh, too much, right? No, there's no, yeah, I didn't <laughs> have a chance. To How many do people anything. did participate in that? And the first the one, the first one, maybe a couple dozen. It was a yeah. good show yeah. and people came from San Francisco. They oh, were no new way. people. Wow. Yeah. So then the second year, I don't know, we maybe had two shows <laughs> and then maybe it was the third year that we had them walking up, going in I the elevator that. down, you know, had people lining the hall and they just thought, oh, this is crazy. Oh, we no gotta get the building is not <laughs> going to fit. Margaret, yeah. they, they tried to bring that back this year, the events committee or whatever. Oh, well, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> well, the hallways look nice now, yeah. but then we had like lockers and it was what? crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like a school, huh? There was a school upstairs, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's been good moving it over to the vet's building. They can really accommodate the dressing room and all that. Yeah, everybody always wants to go bigger and bigger, but really in Sonoma, we're still small, and that's, I would say, the biggest location to be able to do a runway show like that. You guys have a reason why you guys don't do it outside, though, in the parking lot? April is an Earth month. I'll start with that. 
Well, you, yeah, yeah. The, the weather, the we've weather. had rain uh, in April, and you want to be able to create an ambiance with lighting, yeah. and you want people to be comfortable. It's so a performance. Like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I get it now. I get it. And uh, having a catwalk. Mm-hmm. Yeah elevated it's part of the deal i've yeah, always yeah, yeah. insisted on it that's yeah. not a fashion show I unless you're like you absolutely know, agree like that it's we a, do reserve the back patio for something you started i think it's maybe 2017 or around there and that's the back patio has a definitely a catwalk no runway elevated runway needed dogs on the catwalk dogs, yeah. <laughs> so folks this is the time where you can enter your dog and walk the dog through the doors on the back patio. They win prizes particular to dogs. And it's a very entertaining thing. The idea is that the dogs come in their recycled outfit. It's trash and for your pooch. Yeah. It's trash yeah. for your pooch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. So that is happening again. Eric Jackson, who continued on with trash and fashion, Margaret also did it. Trash Bash, which is continues as well. So not that's always. That's a great addition and, and announcing the winners at the yeah. end of the week. Is so it, when you were doing Trash and Fashion, often it was like, oh, what a crunch on the judges to come up with like, okay, uh, hurry up, decide have quick. Have decided? Yeah. yeah, yeah and then was, usually yeah. those that participate are very tired at the end. So they're kind of cutting out for the big party at the end. So this is an opportunity free event really to come out and experience that as well as we usually work with Recology. They come out and there's so much more. So Trash Bash is always a week after Trash and Fashion, 29th next year. And people can come. This is a free community event as well. And I have to backtrack what my favorite part is, (laughs) (laughs) is Trash and Fashion Barbies. And you know, I jumped all over that, right? I'm so, I mean, glad. I'm so glad. Well, I'd love to think that all these ideas were mine, but the Barbies came from Janine Briggs. Uh, she oh. was on my committee and we were like, I got the brilliant idea, I don't know, five years in that the show wasn't enough. We needed trash in a week, you know. Like, yeah. Just, you know. Now it's like and, trash in two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> so what else could we do? And she said, well, I've heard they do interesting things with Barbie. I went, yes, you know, because, yeah. I mean, Barbie's an iconic thing that, you know, yeah. can be interpreted in many ways. And so, yeah, and... Again, it's just usually up in our gallery and Mm -hmm. they've done a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's up in our gallery and it's really gone to a whole nother level. Really. Anyone can enter into the trash and fashion Barbies, no matter what age there's an auction for them. So that supports the efforts as well. Just going back to, cause you had a little side story about that gallery that exists up there that has. Oh yeah now has shows and exhibits and Museum of Found Art. Raniel's up there right now, mm-hmm, which you can come and see his work. Well, I just a shout out really to the community center. It's a wonderful building. Over the mm-hmm. years, many people have worked here, come and gone. And I feel like it all is layers of people bring things that get yeah. started and it just keeps on going. So anyway, early on, back to the days when a lot of the rooms weren't being used, Forrest Middleton, our ceramic, uh, ceramic yeah. guy, brought the first resident here and we fixed up the apartment upstairs. And Owen was getting towards the end of his tenure here. And I asked him, so are you going to have a show? What do we do? You know, we're just kind of making this up. And he goes, well, you know, Forrest said I could set it up in the hallway. And I said, 
Owen, pick a room. And <laughs> and so I don't know, I went away for the weekend, came back and he had put the panels up lining yeah, of the room and Forrest said, what should we call it? And I said, Gallery 212. That's now, the room number, Other folks. people nice. might, might have, Forrest might remember it differently, but this is my memory of how <laughs> the gallery happened. And we kind of assumed that the board would want us to take the panels down and put it back. I mean, we never said yeah. where this is going to be a gallery forever, you know. Yeah. And it always seemed like a perfect thing. And The lighting in there is amazing. Second floor, Gallery 212. We've got lighting yeah. and then Barbara White Perry donated oh. the windows, the lighting. Yeah, half the windows re And so redone. the floors are redone. It yes. is a really nice space. Yeah, it's a space. Yeah, very proud of that. Oh man. Okay. Well, probably I'm kind of getting a look over here. Definitely gallery. So I got to ask real quickly, cause there's a side talent that not a lot of people know about you, <laughs> that you're a ukulele <laughs> player and a singer as well. We're sitting in the music room yes. right here. I'm looking at a picture. I think that's you. Yeah, right we're there. Looking yeah. At Margaret's yeah. Picture. That's right. If, well, you, if yeah. you ever come to community center, you got to see the music room. This is there, it's a, there's it's a amazing. history of everything. Yeah. Yeah. There's little uh, boxes. Well, I Cynthia guess it's all. Tar, yeah. Well, that came about, I have the shout out to Cynthia Tarr, who has a choir and Free Spirits Gospel and, Choir. And many Jeez. performances here at the community center. She came to town and just got everybody singing. And yeah. I think the first thing you have to conquer is your fear of singing in front of people. I, I really have to hand it to her. She just gets you she out there it doing out, it. Huh? In my youth, I had played the guitar like so many girls growing up and I put it down for years and I miss that and, <laughs> and so um you know the ukulele's friendly instrument so, so you yeah get stage fright then once in a while you scared when you perform or well sure being nervous sure yeah, yeah. is a natural yeah. part of it but in the beginning when we had our first little recitals in what was the black box theater now yeah, it's the it's green back, room right? yeah we'll talk about it yeah you know, you feel ill and you think, what am I doing this to myself? Wow. Why did I say I would sing in front of, you know, but you get over that and then you just have maybe butterflies. That's okay. But, yeah. you know, but. Or yeah. like I like to tell my five-year-olds, take those butterflies and turn them into sparkles. <laughs> oh, oh God, who have I turned into? That dance teacher. So um, anyway, yeah, yeah. It, that's been a, another thing. Yeah. That's that awesome. I like to do. So. Just kind of going towards the future, do you have anything on the horizon for 2023? Well, the way I see my work going is out in the world, like the lights. That was like, okay, there's a, a public event where that could really add something. I've also got a three grapevine costumes that walk around. We live in wine country, so I had yes. to do grapevines. So I see myself as making costumes that just show up at public events, I perhaps uninvited, that. maybe invited. I don't know. And anyway, so I like I, that element of surprise. Uh, yeah. You know, and people get a kick out of it. And that's the inspiration of this town. We have a center plaza and it's almost like a stage out there waiting for sure you is. to. I want to do something for Day of the Dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah. heard you're also involved here, right? With the, uh, what's it you, called? The altar do, or? 
You Is started. It, oh, yeah, the that was something yeah. that I did with Kathy. Yeah, she. Thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, you know, no people. Yeah, yeah no, it's great. It. And and Jim comes and sets it up every year. And uh, yeah, and it, that keeps going. Did you do? I don't know if you knew this. So in the back room, the black box theater, which is the green room behind Andrews Hall. In collaboration with Dia, you did an art piece. Did you see piece. that? I know. I am so bummed. Yeah, but. it's one of the most things I was most proud of here. That It was a black room, and I just thought, well, I've got to do something in a black room. And so I did a monarch butterfly display with black light. So they, okay. you know, they wow. glow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was grass coming up, and, and there were sound effects, and wow. it was an environment. And then you could go in there and put on a skeleton mask and look at yourself in the mirror. I don't know. Wow, it was a nice. Trip. Sounds really I, I, good. That's one of the things I wish I was here uh, for. People yeah. were wild for it. And, yeah. Can uh, we bring it back for next year? Well, we got to Black Box Theater is back in collaboration with Sonoma Arts Live. So huh. stay tuned for what we wanted you out of there. No That's pressure. Exciting. No pressure, yeah. Margaret. I know. Pressure, <laughs> pressure. The, the windows can be covered up and everything. I wonder what happened to my black lights. I had them oh, upstairs. For you them. never know. That's another thing too. So many things change and things disappear. disappear. Well, yeah, yeah. We're magicians here, it's, you know. <laughs> okay. I just probably kind of a long ways that we've come and are going. And thank you so much this for being great. on, Margaret. Thank you for having me. And I have you, a side you. story. When my daughter was little and I started here, she was probably about five or six. And we were doing a dance performance where I let them pick their fairy names. Okay. And... Isla picked Margaret as her fairy name. She looks up to you. I think they have a very similar personality style, but... And I hope you told her that my fairy name is Isla. (laughs) (laughs) I will now, but she's 13. Maybe I should save that. Maybe Maybe when when she's like 18 or something, you know. As long as it's not mom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Margaret, so much for being here today. It's been great. Thank you so much. All right. Well... I think we're wrapping things up and we're going to get back out there to the hustle and the bustle of the winter art market. In the meantime, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. And you can find our podcast on Google, Spotify, and just recently YouTube. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, that makes it easy. So please subscribe and support our efforts to get the word out about yes, please. artists. And, and if you have some toys, you know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Toys for I Posada. Need to, I need to mm-hmm. remind people. Yep, yep, yep. Toys mm-hmm. for Posada, man. Come yeah. and bring those toys. Make those kids happy. For yep. Sure. Right. Central Sonoma. Come on down to the community center. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you here. Bye-bye. Bye.